does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. And so we will do our Thursday road trip now. Joining us on the program, he is the pregame host for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the radio network. Tim Benz joins us over in PA. Tim, how are you? Do they at least put you on the right expressway out of town? They at least give you good directions. <laughs> That's the thing. The next dicey here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> the next thing I knew, I was in Harrisonburg. Yeah. No, people <laughs> were nice, man. People were friendly. I don't know if they had too many Iron Cities or what it was, but they were in a good mood. If you were in Harrisburg, they did a really lousy job. Harrisonburg, I'm not exactly sure where that is, but that might be like a little... Oh, Harrisonburg's in Virginia. Sorry, Harrisburg, you're right. Harrisburg, your fine state capital. My apologies. Yes, yeah. Harrisburg, if they sent you out that way, uh, you went a little too far east. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it can get a little hairy getting out of... uh, what is now the Acrisure Stadium parking lots, for sure. I think my, my experience with Colt fans, like my, my most memorable experience when I was on the road um, with Colt fans was in the 05 playoffs when Bettis fumbled at the goal line. We were coming down the elevator, and you had, like, I, the way I remember it, like there's a little, little slice where you get out of the elevator, you kind of are, are among the fans, and then you get back correct. to where you go. Correct, in the RCA Dome, that's correct, yep. Yeah, right, exactly. And there were Colt fans trying to run back into the stadium, and we just kept hearing Parker fumbled, Parker fumbled, Parker fumbled. Why is Parker in the game? Why wouldn't they be giving it to Bettis? And sure enough, we got there in time to see, you know, Vanderjack missed the kick and everything. But, like, most of us right before, like, literally a couple minutes before Cower came in, we still weren't 100% sure if it was Parker that fumbled or Bettis for this like massive story because all these Colts fans were convinced it was Parker who had fumbled at the goal line. So Tim, that same game, I must've been right behind you in the elevator because back then, you know, and that was a a veteran move by you because there were only like two elevators from the RCA dome going down. And so, and you had to wait, if you got too late, you had to wait for the coaches, right? So you had to go in advance. Right. And and I went right as Vanderjat was lining up for the field goal is when I got on the elevator and literally, the doors open in the exact spot you're talking about, and I would literally, it was right as the ball was sailing, landing, like actually near Harrisonburg. Harrisburg is where the ball landed, and <laughs> and literally, it was like walking into a morgue. I mean, people were. I don't know if people. That was the most deflating loss in the history of this city, professionally speaking, because it was a fait accompli that the Colts were going to go to the Super Bowl, and Pittsburgh comes in and makes that run. Um, but it added fun to this, I'm not going to say rivalry, but the history of these two franchises, which has been very one-sided. So question is, this particular matchup on Saturday, is it advantage Pittsburgh or advantage Indianapolis? Because these are two teams that are stuck in the same lane for the wild card. That's well said, and that's how I'm looking at it too. Uh, the only reason why I'm picking the Steelers is that there's no reason to pick the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> It's just that kind of year in the NFL, and it's that kind of year for them. Like, for as bad as they have been this year, there was absolutely no reason for them to lose to either Arizona or New England, and they lost to both. Um, You know, and this is one of these typical Mike Tomlin games where he has put himself into a corner, his team has put him into a corner, 
and uh, they have lost games that they shouldn't lose, and we're all mad at him and call him out and calling out the team, and then he turns around and wins a game and on national TV on a standalone game, and everybody in the national media says, see you people in Pittsburgh panic for no reason, and the cycle of life continues. Um, so like that's, that's kind of why I'm leaning towards the Steelers. This is largely a game that they tend to win under circumstances like this, but then again, you know, what's, what's holding me back is for as uh, inept as the Steelers' offense had been under pick, it looks even worse under Trubisky. So um, this could be ugly. It could be low scoring. And uh, it might just be a matter of which quarterback throws the ball to the wrong team at the wrong time that, that makes the final outcome. You kind of answered my question there a little bit, and that is, you know, I was going to ask you how different, if at all, Pittsburgh offense is in going from Pickett to Trubisky because I think we know who Trubisky is. I think we're still trying to find out who Kenny Pickett is. Um, but do they have to simplify things down at all with Trubisky? Or is it just that they do the same things, they just do them with one fewer cylinder? Right. I I don't think they have to simplify it at all. In fact, I don't think it is. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett's a pretty smart kid. Um, he's got limitations, but intelligence isn't one of them and frankly I think I think Mitch is a smarter guy than how he plays if that makes any sense I mean I think Mitch is a bright guy I just think sometimes he doesn't process so well when it comes to seeing where what might happen if he pushes the ball down the field I think Pickett is a bit more risk averse and they kind of like that about him right now that he's willing to check the ball down and always make the safe play uh, Trubisky is not. Trubisky will put the ball in harm's way more often. Uh, he had one pick last week, had one drop, and had a third that was uh, taken away via penalty. So he does get a little bit more risky, um, but it's not a matter of simplification of the offense. But they do kind of have similar skill sets. I think Mitch is a little bigger, stronger, and um, runs a little bit more willingly and faster, but Pickett has a lot of those characteristics too, and they move the pocket for both of them. So, you know, it's, it, you're not getting a vastly different quarterback or a vastly different approach. This isn't going from, you know, stand-in-the-pocket guy to run around, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson kind of guy. This is they're, – they're similar in most regards. Our conversation with Tim Benz over in Pittsburgh being brought to you by our friends at AAA Hoosier Motor Club. Um, Tim, in terms of Indianapolis, and, and you know – Gardner Minshew can be a rhythm-type guy, but yet if there is pressure put on him, ball control has become at times a real bugaboo for the Colts, and especially if they've got to go to the air because they can't get their running game uncorked, which happened to them in Cincinnati. What sort of things are they going to be looking at defensively with Pittsburgh in terms of if you are Shane Steichen, you are saying to yourself, Pittsburgh's defense is vulnerable here. Where is it? Over the middle, because they're so bereft of numbers, talents, players, uh, at inside linebacker. You know, they had, they've been chasing replacing Ryan Shazier ever since his spine injury in Cincinnati in 2015. And this is the best job they had done. They got Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, and Landon Roberts in free agency. And those guys, the three of them, had a nice little rotation going there for a while, and then they all got hurt. Now, Roberts is playing, and Roberts has done a better job uh, with more snaps than I anticipated he will he would, uh, but he's, he is very much a run-stuffing, blitzing kind of guy. He's not a coverage guy. So 
tight ends have hurt them the last couple of weeks. Um, that's been a real problem for them. So I don't know if the Colts are going to try to use, you know, whether it's Cox or whoever they got tight end wise, whatever combination, or if they just try to use Pittman over the field middle in the middle of bunch. But I, I think that's the way to go. You know, and if you're worried about where they might get attacked, clearly it's on the edge with Watt and Highsmith. If Highsmith plays, Watt was out of protocol today. But for the most part, offenses have done a pretty good job in recent weeks of limiting damage there. Those two were going crazy in the first five to seven weeks of the season and really being the reason why the Steelers were at or above 500. Forcing turnovers, getting turnovers themselves, scoring with the football themselves or putting the offense in position on short fields. They had been fantastic, but you know with all the chipping and tight ends and running backs being thrown at Watt, Highsmith isn't dynamic enough to do it all alone the same way that TJ can. And I think for the most part, offenses have minimized the damage that those guys can do on the outside. And the Steelers just aren't as creative as they used to be. They just don't have the horses maybe to blitz from the secondary, blitz from the interior, and make up for the attention that's being paid to the edges to minimize Highsmith and Watt. Hey, Tim, it's Brendan. Deontay Johnson popping up on the injury report. I know he missed time earlier in the year. If he does have to miss Saturday, has George Pickens played well enough to potentially step up in his role in recent weeks? No, he hasn't, um, despite what he would probably tell you, which is he's open all the time. You know, he's one of those guys who's a bigger receiver who thinks because he's got a heightened size edge, that means he's open. But the quarterbacks and the coordinators don't necessarily see it that way, Uh, especially young guys like Pickett and guys like Trubisky who constantly feel like he's playing for his right to be on the field. They're not going to throw the ball up there and just say, you're bigger, go get it. Um, He's not a great route runner. Johnson is a very good route runner, but I don't think the two of them have done a very good job of getting open. Fryermuth had a really big day at the tight end position to help them out against Cincinnati the week after they fired Matt Canada, but it's kind of been a ghost the last two weeks. Um, their playmakers have been a problem. You know, they the quarterbacks have not been good, but I don't think they've been helped out very much either. I've got an almost impossible question for you about Pittsburgh to ask you in just a second. Tim, Tim Benz, our guest from Pittsburgh. But before that, I want to clear the, uh, clarify this real quick for everybody because you, you made mention to it there. Uh, T.J. Watt is expected to go, right? Out of concussion protocol and barring any symptoms, they do believe he will be available Saturday, correct? Correct. That's uh, everything that I heard today. I was not over at the facility today, but uh, from everything I read in the video I saw, I mean, he spoke to the media. They don't let those guys speak to the media unless their plans are to play and he said he's out of the protocol now, and it, it does look like he's going to play. Okay, here's my almost impossible question for you, Tim Benz. Are you ready? Sure. If the, if, they, if the question is about will the Pirates ever win the World Series again in my lifetime, that's an easy answer. No. <laughs> but if we're with the Steelers, I, I don't hey, know where you might be going AAA with AAA prospects come through here, Tim. Come on now. <laughs> okay. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I want you to tell me, and, and there's no more tired thing in the history of sports than the whole, who's your Mount Rushmore? But, so I'm not going to go with Mount Rushmore, that'd be four. We're going to go with five, Okay. Tell me the five most beloved professional athletes in Pittsburgh sports history. Lemieux and Clemente are easiest. Okay. 
And then it's just a matter of if you're saying beloved, beloved Palomalu. Okay. And then it's kind of like, do, do you want to put the second penguin up there with Crosby? Uh, I, I would, personally. And it's just a matter of how do you want to pick your Steelers of the 70s? Like, you know, if it's me, um, you said sports figures, right? Not necessarily athletes. Well, athletes, athletes, guys that played for a team in guys Pittsburgh. Guys that played, okay, all right. Well, if, if it's the overall tone of the city, if you're saying beloved, most adored, then in all honesty, it's probably Crosby, Lemieux, Clemente, Palomalu, and Franco, I, I was, mean Joe. I was going to say Joe. Franco Harris, but I would assume the Penn State thing helps Franco Harris in that regard, right? A little bit, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think I don't think he needs it because <laughs> Bradshaw's um, Bradshaw's relationship was complicated with the city for years, was it not? Yeah, exactly. See, that's why that's why I, I hung my hat on the clarification of how universally loved they are. You you can't find anybody in Pittsburgh that doesn't love Troy Polamalu. It's just, do you love him as much as? mean joe if you're a little bit older you know like or you know maybe maybe there's a huge big ben fan out there but like there's nobody who has anything bad to say ever about troy and yeah things got strained with bradshaw franco got here and never left you know and lived here his whole life and was front he was sort of the um he was the front door to the steelers of the 70s all the way through last year when he died you know he was the representative him him and mel blunt have been here ever since they retired. So, and because, yeah, there's a little bit of the Penn State thing and the, the immaculate reception and all that, um, Franco, Franco and Mean Joe are probably neck and neck when it comes to those two, those two guys representing the Steelers of the 70s from the players themselves. For as, as memorable as Bradshaw was, I think it's those two guys in terms of popularity. And then there's sort of the mystique of Jack Lambert, too, because nobody's seen Jack Lambert since he retired. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like he came back. He came back once for I think it was the Super Bowl fourteen, the nineteen seventy nine. Uh, whenever they got came together again, maybe in two thousand nine, or maybe it was nineteen. I don't remember. He only came back for one of those. He never does anything publicly. He still lives around here. Like he's not too terribly far. I think it was about an hour, hour and a half away, or something like that. But he never comes back for anything. And he's just got this mystique about him and. Um, you know, the older fans, you know, might put Lambert into that same stratosphere that I just did. The younger fans, I feel like, don't connect with him as much because he wasn't out there as much as Franco was. How about Mazeroski? Yeah, uh, Mazeroski for sure. For our dads, uh, I, I right? Maz, but it's, it's, a, it's a one. It's we're getting from, 19, from the 1970s to the 19 to 1960. It's a little bit more of an age gap, and it was one moment. Um, you know, again, older fans in Pittsburgh adore him. He still lives around here. He's the nicest human being on the face of the earth. Um, I love Maz, and I would, have, I would have no problem if anybody put him on that Mount Rushmore for that one memorable moment. And he was, hey, he was a great fielding second baseman, too. I got to go with some Willie Stargell only because I impersonated that weird batting rotation that he had, like the entire 79 series, even though I was a Reds fan. But. Uh, great, yeah, great. I was, more of a, I was more of a Parker guy. Yeah, I mean, like, man, Parker the Cobra. Number one. Yeah, yeah no, the... and, and, and then uh, and then Willie after that for me for sure. I mean, the Cobra was the man too. Anytime you want to throw from right field with no hop, All Star game, I'm all about it. Tim, appreciate the time. Uh, certainly, if you're coming to Indianapolis, enjoy your stay here. Get some shrimp cocktail sauce and spend a lot of money. All right. All right, great catching up with you. We'll talk again soon. I hope. I appreciate it again. Tim Benz over in Pittsburgh.